Welcome to the Breakfast Leadership Show, where we interview global thought leaders on business, leadership, and life. Here's your host, keynote speaker, best-selling author, and chief burnout officer of the Breakfast Leadership Network, Michael Levitt. Welcome back. I've got Stan Bernard on the line. Stan, how are you? Awesome. Great to be talking to you today, Michael. I'm looking forward to this conversation because we're going to talk about branding and all kinds of other things and the myth of branding. And I know a lot of entrepreneurs fall trap into this. So why don't you share a little bit about you and this awesome work you do? Thank you. Well, I am the author of the best-selling book, Brands Don't Win. I'm also president of Bernard Associates. We are a global competition consulting firm focusing on doing one thing, and that is helping clients win. We do that with our proprietary transcender system, considered by many executives to be the most powerful winning system for companies and their products. And I have a unique background. I actually switched from uh, focusing on surgery because I'm a physician to strategy. I made that switch and uh, really found my true calling and my passion, which is really competitive strategy and winning. I then basically uh, went to the Wharton School of Business, got my MBA in, in marketing healthcare management, worked for Bristol-Myers Squibb, a branding company, as well as A.T. Carney doing consulting. And then I started my firm, Bernard Associates, uh, 22 years ago. And I've been pleased to now be helping over 150 different companies across six continents involving over 60 countries. I also taught marketing at the Wharton School of Business as a senior fellow for 14 years. It's an amazing background and having worked in healthcare for over a decade and working with physicians, uh, a variety of different skill sets and levels, it, it provides, I hopefully, if there's any physicians listening to this, hope that if you want to switch careers, you can. Because I, and I, I find this not just with physicians, but with a lot of individuals, they think, yes. okay, I, I, I've got my degree in this. This is my path. It is a narrow tunnel. There's no off ramps. This is what I have right. to do. Yeah. And, and obviously, you made that you know, shift from you know, being a surgeon in, in, in all the medical school and all the things you had to go through in order to become a doctor to the work that you're doing today. And uh, that's, I, I find it inspiring and I, and I appreciate it. And I sincerely yeah. hope that, that any, you know, people in the healthcare industry, any industry that says, oh, I, I like to do something different. Guess what? You can. Yeah. And yeah. you're and, you living know, proof of it. Absolutely. And, and absolutely. My, actually, my medical background was very instrumental in writing this book because I, um, I was trained in medicine. Don't make assumptions. You know, in medicine, you make assumptions, people can get hurt, even die. And so when I came into business, literally during medical school, I started my consulting firm back in 1985, over 30, 35 years now. Um, I came into business and literally in my first job as a product manager at Bristol-Myers Squibb, my team said to me, you know, we're, we're going to have the advertising agency basically prepare our brand plan. This, and I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. What, what do you mean they're going to do it? I thought we do it. And by the way, aren't we going to look at different ways to win other than branding? And my team looked around at me like, like I was from Mars. Like the idea that you could compete some other way than branding was like, you know, they got, they gave me the deer in the headlights look like really. And so it really helped me over 
30 years later to write this book because I realized, and, and I did it during COVID because I had downtime for a change. Um, I realized, oh my gosh, everybody assumes branding is the only way to compete. And quite frankly, virtually every company on the planet, every entrepreneur, every business, small, big, doesn't matter whether they have products, services, technology, they all compete the same way. They create a brand and then they try to differentiate the brand using lots of advertising, promotions, sales reps, et cetera, right? Well, you know, I know you talk a lot about burnout. Um, I talk about breakout, you know, breakout from the branding habit. So I encourage my clients and others through the book as well to basically look at an alternative and better way to compete, which is what I refer to as the Transcender system. Well, let's dive into that system without obviously giving away the kernel's secret recipe. There's branding there, for example. That's for date. You know, some of us may not get that, but a lot of us do. Yeah. Uh, but Absolutely. you know, it's uh, and just you know the, how you know I'll use Kleenex for example. Grab me a Kleenex. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, it may not be from that particular brand. It could be a different version mm-hmm. of facial tissue, but it's just one of those things where people get into that. So, so. In designing this system, I mean, obviously, you came up with it, you know, quite a long time ago. You know, what were some things that brought you to awareness to understand that, you know, branding, uh, the way that so many businesses, they everyone, it seems like everybody uses the same playbook, which is wrong. It's like here's a recipe book on how to screw up your dinner, Absolutely. and everyone uses that same recipe book just because it you know, it's sold well but it's like it that's not right so so how did you come up with it and you know what are some of the things that uh, you walk people through to kind of look at things differently in order to be able to get them to be successful in their business without branding so much yeah no you're absolutely right um, what i find is the vast vast majority of virtually all business professionals and executives no matter what function no matter what market no matter what type of product they're all brainwashed And so I try to help them break out of the sort of brand prison, shake off the brand cuffs. And the the impetus for this was really uh, my early upbringing as a sports fan. So I'm a huge sports fan. And I was at the time growing up in Nashville, Tennessee. My team was Vanderbilt. And uh, Vanderbilt in football was not very good. And we got clobbered every year by Paul Bear Bryant, uh, the winningest coach in college football history at the time from Alabama. And I... Even as a kid, I would say to my father, why does Alabama always win and Vanderbilt always lose? You know, And uh, of course, Vanderbilt wasn't just beating Vanderbilt. They were beating pretty much everybody. But you know, ultimately, I realized they're playing a different game. Bama and Lily's playing a different game of football than Vanderbilt. And it was heavily focused at that time on better recruitment, better preparation of players. And if you fast forward you know, 30 years plus to uh, coach Nick Saban from Alabama, he clearly has a winning system, just like his predecessor from earlier years, Paul Bear Bryant. He has a winning system called the process. Okay, So I knew there were winning systems in sports. And of course, Nick Saban got his process or part of it from Bill Belichick, the coach of the New England Patriots, who was his mentor and his coach when he was at the Cleveland Browns early in his career. So as everybody knows, Belichick has his own system, which is do your job, right? And John Wooden had his system winning games at UCLA. So I came from that background in sports looking at, oh, there's different ways to compete and win. Well, I got into business. And when I got into business and everybody tells me the only way you compete is with branding. And given, again, my medical background, my sports background, I'm like, no, there's, there's another way to compete. 
So that's really how I started working on an alternative system and a better system for competing. I literally started studying not just businesses, not just sports teams, but interestingly, my model, the transgender system is actually based on politics, specifically U.S. presidential elections. Now, you know, you might say, wow, what are we talking about? Well, I realized that in politics, U.S. politicians, whether it was Obama in 2008 or Trump in 2016 and put aside political leanings, they don't lead with their brand. They don't say vote Obama in 2008. He didn't say that. Trump didn't say vote Trump in 2016. They each led with what I call a campaign agenda, which everybody knows is typical for politicians. Obama's was change in 2008, change, 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 be the change, et cetera, change in hope. Everybody knows Trump. 2016, make America great again, make America great again. And if you believed in that, then he was the one to make America great again. So what I did is I based my system on a political playbook, not a product playbook. Okay. So the system has three steps. The first step is create the agenda, just like politicians. You know, politicians create the agenda. Some people call it creating a narrative. Um, I refer to it as changing the game. Okay. The second step is to communicate the agenda, okay, with a campaign platform. So again, this is typical of politicians. They have a one-page political campaign platform that they blast out repeatedly over and over and over again to their entire electorate. Unlike traditionalist branders that have different messages for different segments in their audience, right, target segments, these guys have an overarching campaign agenda, overarching single campaign platform for communications. And then the third step is to champion the agenda. And I get into the details in the book about the four different A's, the winning A's. Okay, they include access, advantages, evangelicals, and awareness. Again, this is very typical of politicians, not typical of most companies, but those are the three steps in the system. And in the book, I basically review 16 case studies of everything from small startups, such as Seedlip, Sweetgreen, Halo Top, all the way to the biggest and best companies, arguably in the world, Amazon, Apple, Uber, and Google as examples. I have 16 case studies, how these companies lead with their campaign agenda and follow with the brand. So brands matter, but you don't win with brands in the transcender world. That's the huge difference. Yeah, it's it's basically when you said, you know, you lead with your agenda and then the branding comes in behind that mm-hmm. is completely opposite with what most people do. Absolutely. And it, it's like your agenda drives things. And, you know, the analogy that you gave with President Obama's campaign and President Trump's campaign you know, hit hit home really quick because, you know, I remember both of those campaigns and the messaging and, and everything else. And yeah, it's, uh, you, everyone should be crystal clear on where they stood on things. Um, you just had to listen and pay attention to what they said. And of course, during their administrations, you know, they, they felt, you know, they worked through those things and some things they met, some things they didn't. And that's typical in a lot of presidential situations. There's a lot of things that they will, you know, promise or say, we're going to do this. And they don't fall or they don't happen because of a variety of different things, you know, politi- political divide, other things that go on, pandemics, you name it. Um, all those things kind of fall into place. 
Yeah, but I was going to say you're you're absolutely right. They have a crystal clear message. Importantly, it's five words or fewer. Okay, every single winning president in the United States of the last hundred years, with the only two exceptions, has had a campaign agenda of five words or fewer. Okay, and the reason for that is it's because that's all we can remember. Turns out we used to be able to remember in our short-term memory seven plus or minus two chunks of information or digits. Over the last 20 years, Michael, we've lost 43% of our short-term memory recall. 43%. We're now down to remembering four plus or minus one chunk of information or digit. So if you want people to remember your campaign agenda, what your crystal clear message is, as you say, or what I call agenda, then it has to be five words or fewer. Now, this again is totally opposite from traditional branding. Traditional branding says lots, you know, more is more, you know, more messaging, more advertising, more promotions. No, that's the traditionalist, what I call the traditionalist branding model. In the transcender winning system model, less is more. Repeat your same agenda, five words or fewer, over and over and over again. This idea of brand fatigue that we had in the traditionalist world, it doesn't exist in the transcendent world. For instance, Nike, they've had the same campaign agenda for over 30 years. Everybody knows it. Just do it. Apple from 1997, think different, right? So this is a totally different way to compete and think. And it's really important, particularly for smaller companies, because the transcendent allows entrepreneurial companies, smaller companies to basically compete on a level playing field because it's no longer about who spends the most on advertising and promotions and sales forces. You know, it's not like a military campaign. You just overwhelm your competitors because you're P and G and you have more money and you can spend more on advertising. No companies like Lemmy shine, a 26 person company in Austin, Texas has been able to compete and more than hold its own against Procter and Gamble and other big, big brand companies because they use the transcender system. In their case, their particular agenda is three words, clean, freak, clean. And what do they offer? They offer basically toxic, better for you products, non-toxic, excuse me, better for you products, cleaning products, such as Lemmy Shine dishwashing detergent, which has citric acid and doesn't have some of the harsh cleaners. So it's safer, better for you. And these guys, despite only being you know, 26 people competing against P&G with 99,000 people across all their you know, products, they now have 20% market share in that market, right? So it's a small company can compete on equal footing using the Transcender system. And what's beautiful about that too, and even with, I, I look at social media, for example. Yeah. Social media leveled the playing field as far as getting yeah. out there in all of that, but... There's also a lot of noise in there too. So an organization like, you know, that organization you mentioned that used your method that's gained 20% against P&G, right. you know, that, that's, that's gigantic. That is, that's life-changing for those individuals in the company. And, and again, and, and they also tapped into a need, a desire. Yes. Um, and where people are going, no, I want to make sure that I am not over polluting the environment. I want to make sure that I am living better for Earth, for me, for everything else. My so kids, products, my family. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Because, you know, yes. we, we, we know about you know, coastal erosion, we know about all of the things, the atmosphere, and, and 
emissions and all those things. And even I know the, you know, the big leaders of the, of the world were all convening overseas to talk nice. about emissions and all that. So this is something that's important. So you're as a business say, Hey, we have things that you use on a daily basis. That's going to help the government yes. and help everybody do that. Right. And yeah. people are going to go, I want to do that. Especially, you know, the younger generations, you know, the, the millennials and Gen mm. Z. And, and from there, they're, they're like, wait a minute, we need to do something about this. And they're actually taking a pretty proactive approach. Not that Gen X or anybody else isn't, but, you know, they're realizing, wait a minute. No, I, I want to be more aware of what my, yes. my footprint is yeah. and what yeah. am I doing? And it's making a huge difference for us to hopefully eventually get ahead of all these things and, and start living our lives a little bit healthier for yeah. everyone involved. You actually hit on two really key points, Michael. Um, the first being that today it's not about informing people about your products. It's about inspiring people about your products. Elon Musk and Tesla are out to create a world where we transition to sustainable energy. Four words, transition to sustainable energy. Okay. If you believe in that and you can afford a Tesla car, then you're more likely to buy a Tesla, right? So this is a really important distinction because in the traditionalist brand world, it was all about a product transaction. We were trying to sell people, quite frankly. In the transcendent world, you're trying to basically inspire people by giving them a transcendent experience. Okay. Peloton's not trying to sell you an exercise bike. That's not what they're out to do. Their original agenda was a world-class indoor home cycling studio. Okay. And so they didn't just create a better bike, which of course everybody knows it's a dramatically better bike, but they went way beyond that because it's not about just the product. It's about the product experience and the corporate experience they're offering. So they offered a dramatically better bike with much better instructors and instructors and much better convenience. It's at the home. Okay. And they made it a social, as you said, social media, you know, gathering. I mean, you talk about these Peloton, you talk to any Peloton user, they're like what I refer to as evangelicals. They're not just product advocates. These are, you know, evangelical proselytizers for their campaign agenda. I mean, they, they will sell the bike for Peloton. Peloton recently announced that they have actually cut back on marketing and promotions and advertising because their people are selling it for them, right? So this is, again, a totally different way to compete. You inspire a group, just like politicians, Obama 2008, Trump 2016, et cetera, you inspire them. And the other thing that you mentioned that's really critical is this idea of social media. The reason more and more companies are going to the transcender system is because of the internet. And there's three aspects of that. One, we have much more competition with the internet. So now you're not just competing as a company against three, four, five other companies locally. You may be competing against literally hundreds of even thousands of companies and products from around the world. So competition's gotten much bigger. The information overload, you know, with as many as 10,000 ads per day directed at a U.S. adult. I mean, it's, it's overwhelming, right? So there's so much noise, as you said, in the marketplace. And so, you know, you have to have a very simple, concise five-word message or campaign agenda to break out. And then the third part is the internet's basically done what I call democratization of products, okay? The idea that people now don't select products, they vote for products. 
Today, products are elected instead of selected, meaning that, you know, many times people pick their products by going to an Amazon or Google reviews and reading literally thousands of reviews about a flat iron or a crock pot or whatever. And they might pick the particular product that actually has the best reviews as opposed to the biggest or best known brand, right? So products are increasingly being democratized. We see that with Glossier products, the cosmetic product company where they co-create products such as the milky jelly face wash, right? And uh, sweet green that basically, again, is democratized by having the local vegetables brought in, et cetera. So you see these three trends caused by the internet that are really accelerating the transgender revolution. And I love that. And it's, it's creating opportunities and your system yes. is adaptable across, I mean, every sector, quite frankly. Yeah. And, and it, again, in this world of competition where, you know, the playing field is more even than ever before, but still you need to inspire. And I love how you said that, you know, inspire people on what you offer. We'll pick on Tesla for a second. Yep. Yeah, we know, we know that, you know, you know, Tesla in, in that business is worth more than the nine following automakers right. combined. Exactly. I mean, that's, it's like, okay, that's, that's a pretty big deal. I mean, I grew up in Detroit, so I know about the big three and I know, mm. you know, I, I know all the nuances, the good things that they've done and the not so good things that they've done, mm -hmm. which seems yep. to be more on the not so good from time to time. But it ultimately, it, it shows. And what it's done is because, you know, my dad and I had generations working for one of those automakers yeah. uh -huh. uh, that was historically very stoic, stuck in their ways. We're not going to do anything. We're not going to innovate because we are this company. Right. And then... Toyota came and, and took their lunch. And then all of a sudden they've been chasing ever since. But the work that Musk has done with yeah. Tesla has inspired every other automaker again, because mm -hmm. people are demanding it saying, we need to get away from gasoline people. And especially when it's five bucks a gallon in California. Mm -hmm. uh, so like, what do we do? And yeah. it's like, well, and he, he changed the game in the thing, you know, I know there's people that love Elon Musk and, and, mm -hmm. and not, but I look at it as he didn't have to do any of this. He could no. have taken his money from PayPal, PayPal, right? And he had enough money to be able to live the rest of his life and do whatever the heck he wanted to. Yeah. But he doesn't, he's, right. he's an inventor. He he's and he's an agitator to change things for the better. And for my observation anyway, and, yeah. you know, it's fun and games with you know, Dogecoin and all the other kind of fun stuff. But ultimately he's, you know, he's changing the trajectory of what Absolutely. we do. That's and, right. and it's forcing the other companies to play catch up, but and they're react. also in react, but Absolutely. ultimately it's going to make things better for all of us, uh, whether you want to drive a Tesla or an electric Mustang or an electric Suburban or whatever the case may be. Yeah. Now, um, you know, I think this is a key aspect. And, and obviously you write about this and you've written several books and uh, congratulations on your new book, Burnout Proof. But, uh, you know, this is about leadership. I mean, we're talking about breakfast leadership. You talk about in your previous book, uh, 369 Days, 
you know, this leadership environment, right? Designing your own. And what the transcender system does is allows anybody at any level of any company to become a leader, a transcender leader. Okay. So the transcender system works across different products, you know, products, technology, services, and other offerings. It works across markets. I've used it everywhere from Russia to South Africa to Australia, Japan, Europe, you name it. It also works across size of companies. It doesn't matter whether it's a one person. I've used it for a one person startup, everything to top 100 fortune companies. So it is a system that is, as you said, very adaptable, can be used for anybody. And, and for those people that are listening that want to break out and, and perhaps avoid at least one aspect of burnout as you talk about it and get excited about what they're doing, design your own transcender leadership environment. That's what this offers you. Okay. And it gives you the steps. And I go into detail over the three steps and in the book. And, you know, I have found that people, I, I, for example, I had a, um, a man that was starting his own private wealth management company advisor. Okay. He had been at the traditional big boys and he basically said, I want to change. I want to do it differently went out on his own and he contacted me and I worked with him to come up with his campaign agenda. And what I noticed in talking with him, his name is Richard Brooks. He's the uh, CEO and president of RMB Wealth Management is that Richard seemed to always zig when everybody else in the market was zagging, you know? So literally you would see when the market was up, often his offerings were down. And then conversely, when the market was down, his offerings were actually significantly up. And he ultimately gets dramatically better results than the traditional banks and so forth and, and wealth advisors. And so I ultimately came up with an agenda working with him, um, which we termed counter investing because everything he did ran counter to how the traditional banks do it, not just how he invested his, his portfolio approach that was very different. He offered not only traditional sort of investments, but also alternative investments and, and things you never would have heard of. He's way ahead of cannabis years ago. He's way ahead of, of Peloton years ago, et cetera. But also his style was very personalized. It was not the sort of impersonal approach the big banks typically take. So we, we basically did that. So he came up with his agenda. Then he wrote a book, Counterinvesting. And now his, he's had the, what I call transcendent takeoff. His company has literally shot up in terms of you know, uh, the number of investors he has, the investment capital he's managing, et cetera. And I see this. I see companies that use this approach, have this transcendent takeoff, and they rise above their competitors because they're playing a game only they can win. And that's the big difference between the transcender system and the traditional system. Traditional system, as we said, everybody's basically playing brand checkers, right? Everybody's playing the same game. In the transcender system, you create your game. You know, you can create a new category such as uh, CLIP did, a uh, small UK concern, or you can create a de novo category, such as Starbucks. A lot of people don't realize Starbucks tried to win with branding. Uh, for the first 16 years, they had the brand name, the brand logo, the branded coffee, the branded coffee cups, and they were only adding one store per year. 1987, Howard Schultz buys them and says, we're not going to play the traditional brand coffee game. We're going to change the game. He changed the game with the three-word agenda the third place. He said, Starbucks is gonna become the third place between home and work in America, which is why you see a Starbucks on one side of the highway on the way to work, and then directly on the other side of the highway on the way home from work. It's why Starbucks stores are larger. 
It's why they're strategically located in malls, corporate centers, transportation hubs, et cetera. It's why they train their baristas to be welcoming, you know, come. We don't want you just to grab a cup of coffee like Dunkin' Donuts. We want you to grab a chair. And even their chairs and couches are comfortable, right? Big tables, et cetera. He totally changed the game. For the next 20 years, Starbucks went from adding one store per year to adding 3,500 stores per year, 3,500 times the growth. That's that's the transcendent takeoff. So this again, and of course, they were a small company at that time. They only 16 stores. And then he took them to become the biggest coffee chain in the world with over 31,000 stores. Yep. And even today, at the time of this recording, you know, they um, started their holiday drink season, right. which right. is inspiring to yes. my 19-year-old daughter who went there first thing this morning, has the red cup, got yes. her favorite drink. Red cup she, promotion. Yep. She loves, there's a drink that they only serve during this time of year. It's her favorite drink, more than pumpkin spice latte or anything else. And she <laughs> loves this drink. So she was like, you know, ready to go. And she's an early yeah. riser anyway. So it's, that's not anything out of the ordinary for her, but she's like, yeah. okay, let's go. And yeah. she, she yeah. wanted to go because it was, again, that's, it's an experience. That's right. You can get, you can get that same type of drink at another coffee shop. That's, you can order it. They can make it for you, but it's, yeah. it's not the same experience. It's a third place experience. That's what they refer to it. Lily is a third place experience. And, and your daughter is what I refer to as an evangelical. I mean, she has basically told you, you're now telling people, right? And that's what these evangelicals do. This is why Starbucks spends half as much on advertising promotion in the U.S. as Dunkin' Donuts and sells three times more coffee. They have these evangelicals. They have basically programmed us to go to Starbucks. And, and I would bet that most people would say, and I've asked most people that are patrons of Starbucks, I ask them, is the Starbucks coffee the best coffee you've ever had? Inevitably, they say, no, no. In fact, there's lots of places with better coffee. So then I ask them, why are you going there? They're like, I don't know. It's just, just a habit, right? They changed the game from the coffee to the coffee shop. And that's what a lot of businesses can do by following your system. So Stan, I've loved this conversation today. Where can people find out more about you, your book, and this all, all this awesome work you do? Absolutely. At brandsdontwin.com. They can learn more about the book. They can take a quiz on are you a traditionalist or a transcender? And maybe I can just finish by saying, and first of all, thank you very much for the time. And for those of you listening, if you want to compete, then brand. We'll have plenty of competitors. If you want to win, then transcend. Use the transcender system. That's awesome. And I'll definitely have all that information in the show notes. So thank you again, Stan, for being on the show. Thanks a lot, Michael. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to The Breakfast Leadership Show, part of the Breakfast Leadership Network. Visit breakfastleadership.com for tips on empowering your business and your life.